Welcome to Vegas Circle. Uh, we're Pocky and Chris, and today joining the circle, we've got Blake Wynn and his right-hand man, Brock Prince. How's it going? So happy to have you guys here. I mean, Blake is actually a personal branding expert, and there's a lot of things in the marketing industry platform and YouTube. Been killing that setup, and then recently set up your uh, sports agency. Uh, working with a lot of athletes and working on their whole social media. I was reading that you're the most influential person of 2019 from NASDAQ and Yahoo Finance. So that's, yeah. that's pretty powerful. That's a pretty big uh, so, Yeah, that was honor. a cool thing. You know, it's weird because it's like I think that when you're on YouTube and you have a personal brand, you're not looked at as a stereotypical celebrity. Uh-huh. So it's really kind of difficult to get press. Like, you'd be surprised. Like, I mean, that was something that just got DM'd to me. It was a writer. I was like, hey, I'm making this article. Can I do a quick interview? And I'm like, mm, we'll see how legitimate this is. But yeah, I'll do a 10 minute interview in yeah. case this is real. And like a week <laughs> later, this came up and I'm like, oh wow, this is a big deal. And that, that opened a lot of doors for us for sure. I mean, we got so many reach outs and stuff like that. But it's definitely interesting seeing the way that it goes from traditional media to the, this kind of new age media of being an influencer and things like that. There's not a whole lot of overlap. Yeah. You know, I think that influencers could essentially keep alive this old style of essentially putting content on the internet but they don't want to promote the influencers because the influencers are the one getting the traffic and the influencers would really love to have press but the press doesn't want to do it at least that's been my experience so it's really interesting kind of it's that real that organic that's the, that's the yeah. fun thing yeah. that's what's cool about it is yeah. when you do get it it's really 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 organic and I think people see that too yeah. which, which is awesome about it so, that so was you fun. had to kind of learn how to maneuver that kind of transition from like new age platforms to the way old way of doing things is there, do you learn that as you go or how do you pick that up for me, like I think everybody's personal brand, they just got to do it their own way. So yeah. for me, I'm not, I don't get caught up in, oh, I wish I had more press. I mean, yeah, I mean, something I think about, like it would be really cool to have, you know, Google my name and Wikipedia comes up and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, what I've kind of noticed too is like that's really kind of an ego thing. You know, if someone approached me and was like, hey, do you want to be in Forbes magazine? I'm like, yeah, that'd be sick. And they're like, okay, it's twenty hundred dollars. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I wouldn't pay one dollar because it's like it's like why do that? That's not going to change my brand, right? It's essentially an ego thing. I'll frame the magazine, I'll put it up in my office. It'll look cool. People will talk about it when they come for meetings and yeah. stuff. But besides that, you know, what I mean, what am I going to do with it? I'd rather open my own camera, go to my own platform, and probably honestly reach more people than the magazine might. You know, you know I'm, so. I'm loving that you're saying that because it is an ego thing. That's I'm, right. I'm it's, glad it's right. you said it. you put yeah, it out there. Right, the most influential yeah. thing, yes. We've had opportunities come from it, but the first thing I thought when I saw it was, this is really cool, I want to put out my story. And then I put out my story, and I actually thought to myself, I'm like, I didn't regret putting out my story, because I think that it's important for people to see kind of the progression, because they also followed me when I had zero followers, and mm-hmm. there was no such thing as press. So it's cool to show people that this is happening, and now mm-hmm. right, Yahoo, NASDAQ, these people are noticing what we're doing, mm-hmm. but I really thought like... I definitely think this is cooler than anyone who's going to see my story. Yeah. I'm definitely the person who thinks this is the coolest. Right? <laughs> so, so, yeah. I mean, How did you guys connect up, man? Because you guys have been friends for a long time, right? Yeah, we honestly knew each other since preschool. Oh, wow. Uh, but it's interesting enough, we didn't really start connecting too much mm-hmm. until senior year mm-hmm. um, and after college. So we've kind of known each other since preschool. We went to the same school, uh, the Meadows School. It takes you from literally pre-K to when you graduate. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, our senior year, we had like, one class that was together doing was applied psychology. Yeah. And we went on this trip to New York, and I don't know, things just started connecting. Like, I think we found a lot of similarities in each other. And really, nothing even happened then, right? We went off to separate colleges. He went to Fordham, I went to UNR. And it's actually rooming with one of his better friends, Kevin. And the opportunity came up where he's like, hey, you know, I want you guys to be a part of this B1 Sports project. And this is back in November. So he started November in October. Is this fourth quarter of last year? Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So yeah. he started so in October. Three weeks after right. the LLC opened and we That's what's up. Okay. just trying to get going. You know? Right. So, you know, he calls up Kevin and I'm there and he's like, yeah, you know, come join and just kind of took off from there. So that's how kind of how we connected. So are you guys both in school right now? You guys are both in college? No, I left. Business, or I, left. I, was, I was studying business. I was at the Gabelli School of Business at Fordham in New York. That's why I moved out there. Okay. And as of right now, my parents would call it a gap year. I would call it a, I left school. <laughs> you know, I mean... It, it, they didn't want to call it because they think you're going to go back. That's, what, that's probably what it is. Yeah. I think they think so less and less every day because we're really making good progress with what we're doing. And I think that college will never go anywhere. You know, with the hardest part of business is timing. Yeah. Right? Like, and in many ways, people ask me, how did you get to where you are on YouTube? And how can I do the same thing? And I'm like, that's a very tough two-part question because I know exactly how I got there because I lived through every day of it. However... 
I, I happened to have started trying to make sneaker content on YouTube when sneaker content was just coming up to that like start of exponential growth. Mm-hmm. So I started my channel and 45 days later I had 10,000 subscribers. Eight months later I had 100,000 subscribers. So it was quick. Right now, there's 30 of these sneaker YouTubers. Mm-hmm. They all kind of make very similar content. At this point, we all kind of have anywhere from 200,000 to a million subscribers. And there's not a whole lot of new people. I mean, since I started, I was really, I would say to the extent of getting 300,000 subscribers, I was probably the last one to do it in this niche, mm-hmm. right? And now I'm kind of transitioning out of it. And I think that with the kind of content we're making with a 24-7 videographer, and I mean, it has such a bad connotation to it, so I hate to say it, but almost the reality TV show style of nothing scripted. I mean, you see it, right? We're just yeah. filming as we walk in here, yeah. filming the podcast. So yeah. it's almost this new style of content that a lot of really big vloggers are just starting to transition to, which is this content of, okay, let's actually be real about it. When we throw a party, let's tell people what it costs to throw mm-hmm. this party. Let's tell people like how hard it is to find security for this party. Like let's really be honest with people to show people that like this isn't just like I can go buy everything inside a toy store and then end a video and like that's real life. Because it's not attainable. You know? But I think people feel that too though. Like when they see that you're being real, they can tell that it feels fake. Or yeah. It feels scripted. Like sometimes you see a lot of these reality TV shows, you know they're scripted. Yeah. Versus seeing you guys actually doing a vlog and following you and doing all of that, you can actually feel like, okay, these kids are actually messing up or making mistakes and doing, you know, and you're learning from that and building yeah. business with that. I so. mean, I can tell you, it's pro- right when I started YouTube, I had about 15,000 subscribers. So, like I said, I mean, like less than two months after I started it. And mm-hmm. one of my first essentially supporters of the channel that I got to become friends with. He was a Nickelodeon actor by the name of Benjamin Flores Jr. So he was 15, 16 years old. He was a star on Haunted Hathaways. He was in Transformers. He's a big Nickelodeon actor. If I showed you a picture, maybe you'd recognize him or mm-hmm. kids would. And he was on a show called Game Shakers at the time. And, he, and they filmed it in Burbank. And I had a meet and greet in L.A. because I thought that with 15,000 subscribers, you could do those, which it turns <laughs> out <you> not. <laughs> and, uh, no, I mean, like, you know, like 40, 50 people came. And it was cool. And back then, that was, uh, you know what I mean? It was life-changing but uh he was like to the event and uh he was like come audition to be an extra on the show and i'm like okay and he's like you only have to memorize like three lines and you can try out and i can help push you through i didn't even remember the three lines (laughs) showed up didn't remember him and and i was like you know what i'm just one of his friends i ended up just watching him shoot like i mean that's the only time i've tried memorizing things so to try to do a reality tv show with scripts and stuff like that it's not happening (laughs) it's absolutely not so do you kind of fall into this like the whole marketing platform the youtube channel that you originally started as a hobby and then kind of yeah i mean i mean there's really a couple different things there was two moments that i can remember that i'm like okay this is what has to change number one was year over year i hadn't grown a whole lot i hadn't gone down by any means my growth in reselling was about five percent year over year and, and that was cool but i'm like you know what Right now, I can be aggressive because I'm 16 years old. I don't have any bills. I don't have really any responsibilities besides I need this money to take my girlfriend on a date. Like, right? Like, besides mm-hmm. that, you don't really have responsibilities. Man, 16. I missed that so much. Yeah, right? <laughs> I miss it too. I'm 19 so and I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> after seeing the bills from last month moving, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And, and the second part of that was right before I started my channel, I took my mom's camcorder to this event called SneakerCon in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And there was this guy named Kais Omar who really helped jumpstart my channel. And he had his like first ever meet and greet. He had like 120,000 subscribers at the time. And he had a meet and greet. And I went to all these events selling sneakers. And he was a couple tables over from me. And his line was 300 people deep to meet him. And I had all these sneakers on my table. And I'm looking down. And I'm looking at him. And the way that my mind worked, I'm like, he has a brighter product than me. And his product is himself. Yeah. Like, that is so sick. Right? And at the same time, I'm like, if he wanted to sell... I was like... And then the second part of that was if he had sneakers on his table, like he's trying to sell t-shirts, right? Yeah. He's going to make $23 a t-shirt. They sell for 30 bucks, whatever. And I did that a lot, right? As I was an influencer. But I'm like, if he had a line like this and then... $800 sneakers on his table, like, wow. It's a wrap. Yeah, wow, he would make money, yeah. right? And not even just make money, like, he could do really sick stuff. Like, he could do whatever he wants. And that was the thing for me is I'm like, I was never like, I'm going to do YouTube until I die, mm-hmm. right? That was never a thought. That's never something that has entered my mind. And even now, my content isn't my business, right? My business is B-Win Sports, which is my sports marketing company that I started with him. The YouTube is a compliment, right? Everything that comes from me, right? Whether it's as simple as a view check all the way to brands that we work with part of what we can sweeten the deal for athletes is hey well we'll show the behind the scenes of working with you guys on the channel right so it's really just also 
become really just like a small part of what we do now, right? I mean, it's really shifted out of it. And I think that's where a lot of YouTubers get caught is they're not actively seeking what the next step is. Right, I mean, you're not going to be relevant for 80 years on the internet. Sure. No one's going to be relevant for 80 years. Like, you, no one's going to care who Kim Kardashian is in 50 years. Exactly. And she's probably the most famous person on the planet right now. And she's going to be worth hundreds and millions, if not billions, of dollars. And her life will be sick. And she'll still be married to Kanye. Like, nothing will suck from it. But when she's 85 years old, there'll be a headline one day when she dies, and then people will care for a day and post about it on Instagram, and then it'll be that'll be it. You know what I mean? I don't want to be. I don't want to fall into that. I want to do. I want to create a legacy. I know that's what Brock wants, and that's why we really gel. And you know, we're working on building a team that wants the same thing. So that's really the goal now: is essentially finding the kinds of people that have similar visions and want to build this thing. You know, we have 80 years to build. You got the right vision. You know I mean? so. so, so have you been following like a lot of the PR firms and a lot of the firms like the Rock Nations of the world and things like that? That's kind of inspired to do this, or you're just trying to do it in your own lane. Honestly, good. I'm going to be honest with you, no. I mean, and it's not knocking them. I, I think Rock Nation is a lot right. Like, I think a lot of people are doing a lot of things right. You know, I mean, I think that even in our world, like sports marketing companies, like a company like Everett, CAA, Lockerdier, like there are people doing it right, mm-hmm. but they're, they haven't accessed that level yet. So it's like, yeah, I could watch these big agencies. I could go, right, and I've met Drew Rosenhaus a few times. Like, that's the biggest agent in the world. Like, I can go talk to Drew Rosenhaus. And he could explain to me how he does what he does, and I will learn a lot. The problem is, is he what he can't explain to me is the level that I know is there that even he hasn't touched yet, mm-hmm. right? And we'll do something that'll be like, every other agency will be like, how did they pull that off? We haven't done that yet, I'm going to be honest, right? We haven't had that moment where it's like, okay, there's the new level, mm-hmm. but I know what it is, right? And that's the difference is, how much can you watch and try to replicate when you want to be better? Right? How are you going to be better than somebody if you're just trying to replicate what they're doing on a smaller scale? Push the envelope. Right. Like I don't have a billion dollars. Right. Or I mean, I, I think Drew Rosenhaus is worth 150 or something like that. I don't have 150 million dollars, so I can't replicate exactly what he's doing, and I don't want to. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, I mean, I pay attention to it to see little tactics and things. But besides that, I mean, we really have kind of come up with our own process of, of really trying to do things the right way, and that's his thing. So he's the COO, so he's really on the operational side and really figuring out what works, what doesn't. Really, on the day-to-day level, that's really what he does more than I do. I'm more of the, like, we have a big activation coming up with the WWE, so I set that up, I'm doing that, versus he's doing a lot more of the, the day-to-day operations of it, the, okay, reminding every athlete, you got to post this at this time, and this is who it's for, and right, and all that kind of stuff. So that's where we're at now, and building out the team, and having fun with it. So what kind of, what is B-Win Sports specifically? Because it's a marketing agency, so what do you do and how do you kind of correlate that to athletes or even the WWE? Are you specifically targeting like their whole marketing campaigns? I don't want to say it in the way that it's, there's a negative connotation to it, but there's, first off, no matter what company you are, if you have a big enough budget to work with NFL stars, you can't just work with NFL stars. You should be working with influencers. You should be working with musicians and everything else. And I think that's where a lot of companies go wrong is, I mean, we have times, right, where you email somebody and like, oh, we really are looking for rappers right now. And it's like, okay, then keep looking. But use athletes and use influencers too. Right? Right. There's more to it than just that. And, it, you know, it depends what the product is and, and so on. But a big, you know, company should be working with everybody. You know, like we have an activation coming up with a company called My Geology, which is a skincare company. And, right, I mean, skincare company if you have tunnel vision you'd be like we need to get beautiful girls on instagram and that's it mm-hmm. right <clears throat> at the same time they're like well how about the cowboys defensive tackle right and i love that i think that's so cool so that's really what that's we different. do is yeah. right it's bringing really neat collaborations that not only are good for the athlete in terms of it shows that they're cooperating with brands and it shows that their platform's worth something and so on and so forth but it's really underpriced attention Right, and it's diversity go, too. Right, is why. Right, how sick is it to yeah. see the Cowboys defensive tackle post about skincare? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's sick. <laughs> yeah, and it works for the company. But also, that's a huge industry in skincare and makeup yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, and you know, his so followers are kind of an untapped market. Those are the yeah. people that are going to go buy those skincare products. So it is like a, a diversity that you're not used to. It's, it's different. I think too, another thing to consider is the kind of shift in the influencer market from like the macro influencer mm-hmm. and the micro influencer. So like we have star athletes, but you know we're not working with Odell or Saquon who have that face. Sure. Like a lot of our athletes, you know, that's the thing with the NFL. Like they have helmets on, so you don't know like the face. Mm-hmm. And I've just known that there's been a disconnect between the macro influencer and, and, and the brand and the audience because 
like you said, consumers are smart today. You know, they see through scripted content. You know, the macro influencers get brand deals left and right. They become mouthpiece for promotions. True. And so we're typically working with still solid fan bases, you know, tens of thousands of followers, but they're people who typically don't promote brands. And so when the audience sees that, it comes across much more positively than your bigger people. You know, it's going to be honestly probably better than Kim Kardashian because, yeah. you know what I mean? Everyone knows that's paid for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These these younger guys, it's 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 more organic, really. Yeah, and I'm I'm seeing that more. Like I remember back in the day, you'd always see like product placement. You see all these different things, and it's, now it's, everything is coming full circle with you being able to have your own lane. So it's exciting to see what you guys are doing. It's so young. It's cool. And so, how do you guys choose who you work with? I think that essentially what we really the big goal is. It's not so much who we work with as what can we do with you specifically. See, that's the big difference is I want to work with Amazon, right? But if Amazon says we want them to post a picture holding a product, hashtag ad, then you don't want to work with them, right? So it's not so much who we're working with, it's what we can do with them, right? Because essentially the biggest thing that we want to do is drive results for the company. So they want to go with us again, right? And so if we want to drive results, we can't drive those with hashtag ad. You can look through my Instagram and I'll be honest with you. One in every three to four posts is probably sponsored. You could not guess which ones are sponsored. That's, That's good. the point, right? That's good. It's like what I'm. I, the deals that I take, and and I've taken sponsorships from jeans and from shirts and from shoes and from hats and from right. I have a picture on my Instagram, which is literally a picture of me, like you know, throwing peace sign, whatever, wearing glasses, a whole Supreme outfit, Gucci sweatpants, whatever I'm wearing. You would never know it, but I'm wearing a black snapback in the hat, logo aimed back, mm-hmm. and that post was sponsored by New Era. Right, and so that's that's but what I like it really that, works. Yeah, right? I like that's, that versus seeing that's when it works. It's yeah. like, oh shit! Like I like his whole outfit. Right, yeah. New Era was smart about it. They're like, at first they sent me a pitch, and they're like, because they reached out to me. This was on my own platform, so I can speak to it more mm-hmm. than kind of how we create it with the athletes. But it's like they reached out to me, like we want you to wear no logos, no this, no that. And I was like, look. I know my audience. I'm known for being a fashion influencer, a sneaker influencer. If you want this to do well, let me put on an outfit that I think looks sick, mm-hmm. and then people will want to recreate that outfit head to toe, meaning head is in hat. Like, yeah. I promise you this will drive more results. Because if I wear an outfit, like a black t-shirt and black shorts with no logo, I don't wear that. People know that. Yeah. Right? And so people will be like, first off, it won't get as many likes, so it won't even reach as many people in the first place. It won't get as many comments. It won't do anything. Right? Just let me post this picture. Right? Posted it. Did really well with likes. Two weeks later, I had a care package of like 30 snapbacks show up to my house. <laughs> They're like, thank you. Like, it went awesome. And I have another activation coming up with them again uh, probably in about, I want to say like a month or so. Because you know, you got to space them out yeah. or else yeah. it's too much. Right? And that's something as simple as just literally a backwards hat. It was, mm-hmm. I think it was a Brooklyn Nets hat and I'm a jazz fan. But you can't even see. Right? That's yeah. the point. Is It's just, it's the look because I understand my audience. And so really the goal is to get that level of understanding with our athletes and then do really cool stuff surrounded with that. You know what I mean? And letting and making sure the brand understands that that will work better. Because mm-hmm. you really have a pulse on what you're doing, which yeah. is really cool, man. That's it's not like the old school where you have Coca-Cola and everybody sees you. And no, it's the product placement. You're putting yeah. it out there for everybody. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah it, it goes down. So, I mean, like, I... The only thing I've ever done with like a big company in my life is I was in a I was in a celebrity basketball game at a sneaker con mm-hmm. and my shorts. Can you hoop? No, not like not really. I mean, I, okay. I played in high school one year and like I uh, a little like not no. Okay, yeah, not really. But you know, I played in the game and it was fun and I had different shorts than everybody and like they looked the same. They had the same design on it, but they were made by Under Armour. Like they Under Armour manufactured for me and like mm-hmm. that was a product placement. I literally wore them in the game. And that was it. And it's like. There was like eight or nine thousand people watching the game. Like my shorts stood out a little bit because they were a little bit different than everybody's. Like it's just cool stuff, and it, it's that's not a big brand deal, right? They don't. It's not worth like a crazy amount of money to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. But it's the fact that they trusted me enough, and they were like, okay, like that makes sense. Like let's do that. Well, you figured it out. You figured out the riddle because I mean I was reading. You've you've had over a hundred million. Yes, and that's not that's hard to do. Yeah, I don't care who you not, are. That's, that's hard to do. Yeah, it's not these. Well, because you know what's funny about it is, so if you go on social media, you can look it up. There's like maybe more now. The last time I looked it was probably five months ago. There's like thirty eight thousand channels on YouTube that have one hundred thousand subscribers. Thirty eight thousand. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. A lot. Of people. Yeah, that's a lot. But there's over a hundred million people who have uploaded a video. So theor- and which makes you technically a channel, right? So theoretically, if you do the math. 
you are more likely to get struck by lightning twice than hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. So it puts it in perspective, for sure. Right, it puts it in perspective. There's 38,000 people. That's more than T-Mobile Arena. You're like, how many people are famous on the internet? It's like, yeah, well, also, 10% of the world has tried. Yeah, right? exactly. And that's, that's the so it's like, not even the 1%. It's like the 0.0003. That's wild. That's unbelievable. Yeah, you want to take down my YouTube channel. But you figured out the rules. It's like, why? Right? That Then that's what people get stuck on. It's just like, oh, it is hard. Okay, I quit. Yeah. So what, that's what really why I made it. It's because I didn't yeah. quit, right? And it's like, yeah, I, okay, so I hit 10,000 subscribers in 45 days, right? But the other stat I didn't mention was I posted 43 videos in 45 days. Yeah. Right? So it's not an accident that this kind of stuff happened. It was like the process was there, mm-hmm. right? And of course, like I like I had help, and I'm always really open about that. Like like I said, that guy Kai Somar, he had 125,000 subscribers at the time. He did a feature on me, and I, I gained subscribers through that. And you know, I, I had the resources because I was financially successful in my previous business. I was able to right, fly to these sneaker events and go try to meet people and pass yeah. out business cards and write the whole thing. But I didn't stop. You still worked. Right. Not like, yeah. right. Yeah. Did you collaborate with Gary Vaynerchuk at one point? Yeah. So I've done a little bit with Gary V. So it was funny how that happened. So I was in New York for a meet and greet in 2017 and I get a DM. It was a group DM. It was like at Gary V, at Tyler, who's his yeah, yeah. guy, myself. And I want to say it was one other person DM. I don't remember. I could look on my phone. But basically, it was like, come to the office in 30 minutes. I had no clue who Gary V was. I had never oh, you didn't even know who he was? And in I 2017? My, in 2017. And, okay. I, and I showed my friend uh, Yeezy Busta on Instagram. I showed him, and he lost it. He was like, let's go. Like, we're going, we're going, we're going. Like, this is the coolest thing. Like, I love him. Like, all this stuff. And we brought my friend who's a magician. And I don't know if you saw it, but on his page, he posted it. And a, a lot of people tagged me because I was in the back of that video. Because this magician, like, really fooled Gary with this car trick he did. Anyways, we get there and we sit down and I'm like, okay, this is cool. Like, his office building is in a building called Hudson Yards, which is, like, the most expensive office building in New York. It was sick. We go up to, like, the, I don't want to say the floor. I don't even think I remember it correctly. But we go up there. And we sit down in this little office. It's actually not the office he films the Ask Gary Beach or any of that. And it's this little office that was like his private office. And he brings us in there. And he, we sit down and he goes, how can I help you? I'm a 17-year-old, like, kind of ego-driven, <laughs> right? Like, I'm, I'm, like in, I'm in New York setting up for a meet and greet in the convention center that's a block from there. And I'm like... Is that what you said to him? No, I mean, I so oh, I sat oh, there frozen. That would have been funny as hell. I sat, there, I sat there dead silent. He was like, how can I help you? And I was like... And I looked at my friend uh, Yeezy Bus and he goes... Blah, 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 right? He tells him about his business and everything. The second Gary opened his mouth, I was like, oh, wow. Right? He this is sick. So we stayed there for about 45 minutes and the car trick and everything. By the end of that, I went home to my hotel and watched like 10 pieces of his content in a row, probably for three hours. I was like, this guy's sick. And then I was kind of like, damn it, like, I wish I knew who it was. But, you, can ask more but you know, I mean, I stayed in contact with Tyler and everything. And then fast forward a couple months, he comes out with the K-Swiss 003, which was the white shoe with the, the blue and the black. Was that his first one? No, it was the second. It was the second one. The yeah. first one was the black and yellow. Okay. So this was the second one. It was called the Clouds and Dirt. It got the clear outsoles and stuff. And um, I got an email from either him or his team, I don't remember, that was like, we want you to be in the commercial for it. And I'm like... All right, like, yeah, I'm happy to. They send me the pair of shoes and I do a little unboxing and they ended up chopping up this really cool video and you can see me in the K-Swiss 003 commercial and now we're doing another one with the 004 that he just dropped the positivity and optimism. So Yeah, so it's got all, this, all yeah, written on. Yeah. yeah, I mean, here and there we do some, some cool stuff together and he's definitely someone I look up to. And, you know, it's funny, like when I'm going on a podcast, sometimes I'll either listen to him or... Logan, like some really big podcast I'll listen to before I go on a podcast just to get in that in that frame mm-hmm. of mind because yeah. it's so different than a business call yeah right and it's so different than like right before I came here today I was uh, buying a bunch of sneakers from a former baseball player named Shane Victorino who lives in town he was World Series MVP runner up and for the Red Sox when I want to say David Ortiz ended up winning it that year when they played uh, Yankees or something like that yeah I mean Baseball is not my sport, so I don't remember it like that. But even like that, like the kind of conversation and interaction you have with him, and then in the car, the interactions I have with him and like my own team internally, and then coming to a more professional setting where I don't have control over how you guys edit it or <clears> right, what spin on it. Like I want to be on my game, you know. Yeah, so, and good. Gary puts me on it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so do a lot of other people. So I definitely, definitely love his content, follow him. And but you know, you're paying attention to it. I'm listening to what you guys are saying, and it's the work. Yeah. You're doing the work. And you're Absolutely. really keeping a pulse. I know the, the biggest key is keeping a pulse on what's happening, and you're making the adjustments as you do. You real, you know, tighten your pencil. I mean, you know, sharpen your pencil at all, at all times. So 
That's great, man. It's, it's exciting to see you guys so young. You can that's even that's a lot of rock too. Is, yeah. Like I said, he does yeah. a lot of that. Like like you said, like screw tightening, like really, really like making sure that because that's the thing that's really interesting about it is the details are really what make it right. Like the vision, like. I would say that that's probably more of what I deal with as far as like the macro goals, long-term things, really big things. But I think that if the details were wrong, none of that stuff works, mm-hmm. right? Like I, it's interesting. This is this is what I really, really love about our partnership is the fact that I can come up with a goal that I want to hit in ten years mm-hmm. and do the things on a month-to-month basis that track that. But I can't do those things without someone doing the day-to-day. You know what I mean? That, that's what's so key. And that's why, I mean, he probably honestly has crazier hours than I have. Like, I'm very meeting, 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 meeting. And his is more like 21 hours long, making sure that the process is going yeah. the way it needs to go. So that way I can have these meetings. And I can write, you know what I mean? And so that's that's what's really so good about it. So you guys enjoying what you're doing? Because it sounds like you're putting a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fun, though. Like, I think what makes it fun is that I'm in control. Like... I think that's what kind of attracts me to entrepreneurship is that everything is personalized to myself. And if I can change up something, I cannot change up something if I want to. I'm, I'm always have my hands on. You know, I'm not working for someone. I think that's the main thing. It's like so many ask me, you know, do you think you're an entrepreneur? And I would, I would say yes, but I also say no at the same time because I think I'm more just attracted to just the impact, just like having my own thing. I think. Both of us, school never really made complete sense because, like it says before, I hated it. yeah, like it says before, but it's almost like they teach you how to be an employee, not really. That's exactly what they teach. Yeah, right. They teach you. No, I mean, teach right. I mean, yeah. schools will admit that's what they teach yeah. you because yeah. ninety-nine percent of the world needs a job. Yeah. And the one percent that tries to be an entrepreneur teach you take one percent of that. Teach you a trade, yeah. right? And that's who does it. So yeah, I mean, I, just, I like building businesses, but it's I like building businesses how I want. You know, that's that's the key difference there. And so working the long hours, it's like they're long because I want them to be long. I don't want to stop. Like yeah. I can invest all my time how I want. And so sleeping three hours some nights is like fun to me because yeah. then the next morning I'm tired. I got bags under my eyes. <laughs> but I'm like, it's almost like a battle scar. Like I yeah. love that. Like I like looking yeah. at me and being like. That was me, that I was me this morning. morning. Yeah. Yeah. I was emailing him at 2.15 yeah. last, this morning. So. Right, because like, I'm, I'm doing for you. myself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing for Blake and everything to business. And I'm not doing for someone else. So I think that makes a difference. You know, it's exciting to see that now. I see why you guys are having the followers that you got because People are looking up to you guys, and you guys have got your heads on the right track. How are you staying so positive? Because you guys have a lot of positive content also. Like, it's not a good answer. Because it's crazy. But, like, why be negative, right? Where's that going to get you? Because social media is so negative. It's draining. I mean, it's like the bathroom wall a lot of times. And it's exciting to see Like, I really don't even have a comment. I'm like, yeah, it's good. It sucks. Like, that's why not everyone is where we're at, right? Not everyone, not even, right? And then not everyone even has the courage to start something, right? And it's like, you're complaining because you don't want to start something, yeah. right? It's like, how about just not complain? Just start it, yeah. right? Yeah, I've seen something about that. How much did it cost you to start this podcast? Not at all. Three three microphones, a laptop you probably already owned. It wasn't terrible money. Overhead is really low. Very, very low. The hardest so what's the excuse? Starting it. What's the excuse not doing it? We were right. going back and forth for probably two years before we started. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> probably even longer than that. Yeah. It's been probably did. three. Yeah. That's the thing. Well, you, you know, to, no, to be honest with you, my wife, because I was talking about it probably five or six years before that, and she was she literally was like, shut up and just get it done. <laughs> so, I literally get to Chris like, yo, are we going to do this or not? Yeah. But it's exciting, man. So, so with all the long yeah. hours you got to put in, what do you do for fun? Do you have time for the, like, do something? This new? is sick. So yeah, this view is working. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, growing up a sports fan, mm-hmm. if you would have told me that in the last two days we'd wake up, we'd go meet with Antoine Woods, the starting defensive tackle on the Cowboys, mm-hmm. drive him to his friend's house and meet with him in the car because, like, that's how tight time is sometimes, right? And then go to Shane Victorino's storage unit, buy 200 pairs of shoes from him, right? Then go be on a podcast, then... Like tomorrow, I guess I can say it. Like tomorrow, I have a meeting with Tom Brady over the phone. Like those awesome. kinds of things, Damn. right? It's like it's pretty fun. Yeah, you know? yeah I would mean, complain. Yeah, <laughs> and if, and yeah, I mean, there's times where you're sitting there and you're emailing and you're doing things and you're like, this isn't the most fun. But if I was saying an email at a desk job, that'd be a little worse. At least you're saying right? boring as hell. Yeah, I'm saying I'm sending an email saying no, I don't want X amount. I would like more than that, and this is what I can offer, right? Sure. You know what I mean? So it's they're cool email still right and and of course like 
watching sports, you know. Uh, yeah, really not a lot of not a lot of free time. It's hard, right? How do you have free time if like Gary says it best. If you have the audacity to say that you're going to work for yourself and then you're not going to work, how does that work out? Exactly, yeah. Right? So if you take the stance of I'm going to be a CEO, I'm going to call myself a CEO at 19, but I don't want to call myself a CEO. I want to be a CEO. Like he's not going to call himself a COO mm. and then do nothing, right? Yeah. And that's really the difference. Is it's like it's really hard. You know, like that internal pressure to be successful, like failure is no. not even like an option. No, failure is totally an option. Oh, really? It's failure is an option in the sense of here's my stance on failure. I would rather spend thirty thousand dollars in one day and mm-hmm. realize that that was a failure than spend ten thousand dollars over the course of eight months and realize that that was a failure. Mm-hmm. Because time is really the part that you can't get back, and that's exact. And that exact analogy has happened in my life. The $30,000 has happened, and the $10,000 over eight months is what I would consider my freshman year in college to be. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. That was a failure because the first eight months of our business, I had to write papers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that wasted time that I could have yeah. spent. Like, that was the hard months, right? It's yeah. not as hard to run a business when you have a team of 30 people and right, so on and so forth. It's hard to run a business when you're living in a dorm with eight clients that you don't know how to manage yet, and you're trying to figure out how to work this out, and you're 19 years old, and you're pitching stuff to companies that you don't even know how to pitch properly and you're learning and right I mean that's when it's hard and but that's real pass. school though <laughs> you really do it yeah the real, no, the I mean, real that, that's my biggest failure failure recently was not literally telling my parents like I'm done like I'm not going to another class I'm not writing another paper because my parents want to and you know what they're very very supportive parents and they're very on board with what I do now, but during the time, like, you're not doing it, you're not doing it. I'm like, you know what? For you to decide how I'm going to live my life, I'm not financially dependent, mm-hmm. right? I have really high bills. I have a very, like, quite honestly, expensive lifestyle. I have to decide how to do it myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can attest to it. I mean, we have two places right now. Like, we go on trips. Like, we do really fun stuff, right? Yeah. And, like, that stuff's expensive. Definitely, and yeah. I, we just, like you said, we just brought on a videographer. We brought on two other people the same day that we brought him on. It's expensive, you yeah. know what I mean? And so you got to make sure that you're doing things that allow you to do that, right? Mm-hmm. And it, I don't like the entrepreneurs that say, like, money doesn't matter because it, it does. That's stupid. Like, if money doesn't matter, then go get a hobby and mm-hmm. don't monetize it. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, I, don't, I don't think you should be motivated by money because then you're going to do things that don't aren't in your long-term interest, but you'll get a really quick check and then you'll go buy a dumbass watch and then the check's over and then, right, you don't have any long-term. Yeah. But besides, but you have to be aware of it, of right? Course. It's a business. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's a whole other thing. Because they're like, it doesn't matter. No, no, it matters. <laughs> yeah, because it all adds up, man. So what do you guys like about it? Because you're living in Vegas now in New York, right? So you go back and forth. Yeah. What, what do you, since we talk about Vegas, Vegas Circle, of course, what do you like about Las Vegas? Well, Brock lives here full-time. So. Yeah. You know, I think Las Vegas kind of has it all. I think just to start out, like, with the mountains around, like, I don't, we don't, besides the heat, like, what's our problem? You yeah. yeah. no reverse place, you get no tornadoes, no, 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 no taxes. Mosquitoes, no <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no taxes. It's very, very business friendly for sure. Yeah. So there's that, and then I think when people think of Vegas, they think the strip. Of course. They think craziness, they think all that, but outside of that, it's like, that's why I like Vegas, because it's like there's a divide. You want to have fun? Go on the ship. Yeah. You don't? Come on the suburbs. Like it's, I like that whole divide, and the heat really doesn't bother me. So yeah. I, I, You grew up in it, too, man. 20 yeah, years. Yeah, you know, you I grew get used up to it. here. It's like I yeah. cannot like it. You know? Yeah. And, I mean, I, normally, I honestly never, never, never talk about it. I've never even talked about it publicly, but being the kind of show this is in the Vegas Circle podcast, I'll kind yeah. of touch on it. Like, growing up here... It, the city was always like it was almost like I grew up and I've never really been that close to Steve so Steve wins my uncle which I'm sure you guys probably found on the internet yeah. and stuff and I, I'm not super close so not like there's anything bad you know my parents got divorced when I was younger and you know that kind of whole situation but I was close to him when I, until I was like four or five and I was almost raised in the way that like this is like literally the sky's the limit like you see the building like with your name on it like you you know you like understand that success is really just a factor of hard work. It's like attainable. It's and, that, and and Vegas embodies that to me more than anything because I still see the last name that I have on the building and it motivates me and it motivates me in a weird way that I've said once publicly and he didn't like it when I said it then and I'll say it again and he'll call <laughs> me again if he hears it but 
I, I'm so serious. I want Steve to be remembered as my uncle. Yeah. Like, that's it. You know, like, and what not, not talk, a bad That's what we were talking about before. He's done amazing, amazing, yeah. amazing yeah. things. Yeah. Like he's, I mean, he really changed the course of Las Vegas. I mean, he mm-hmm. did the Bellagio, the Mirage, the TI, the win, the Encore, yeah. the third one, win Boston, win McC- I mean, he really was an amazing entrepreneur, and you, you can't really knock that. But I still want to do things better. And you want to do it your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so cool. I can't, yeah. like, same thing that we talked about before. I can't copy his blueprint. Not even talking about hotels, but just the way that he conducts himself. Like, it, it's cool. He had, you know, I mean, his best friends growing up were Frank Sinatra and Bill Gates. Like, he had a really cool life. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's still not what I want. I still want the next level. Yeah. You know? It's different. That's exciting. But I think what's great about the like you mentioned is that it shows you that those goals are attainable where somebody else might not have seen that. And I was really lucky to be, I mean, not everyone is born into a family that can, right, that almost like, it's not even that they say that you can do anything. Like, I saw it. I saw (laughs) Steve do anything he wants. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, I think that's really kind of like why Vegas means a lot to me. You know, I mean, I grew up here. Um, My girlfriend's actually from here. We met in New York, but she's from here. You know, Brock's here. Like, all my really, really close friends from pre-K through 12 are here. I think that the city will always mean a lot to me, and I think that I think that the city just needs, like, not that there's anything like wrong with it. I just think that the city needs like one or two more like big pushes to something. Yeah. I don't know what that something and is, <laughs> right? And, and I'll out. probably <laughs> live through it. They're trying right now with the Knights and the Raiders and all this stuff, and yeah. it's coming into a much bigger city. And I think yeah. it should. I think that it's a good location. It's easy in and yeah, easy yeah. out, man. The like, airport well, and everything. Right, the airport even, right? It's international. Yeah. You can go nonstop here to Paris. Like, what, like, what is... Okay, we just went nonstop a week ago to Mexico. It's one, yeah. one straight shot. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can't yeah. do that from Salt Lake City, uh, yeah. Utah. I mean, actually, yeah. you'll be able to in a couple months. They're building a new terminal. But, like, literally, like, you can't do that from everywhere. Like, I don't... I think this has the bones to be the best city in the world. And, it, and it's we're certainly trying to make it. now. Yeah, we're trying to make it. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. reality is it's not now. And so I yeah. think that... I would love to be a small part of why it becomes that way. Definitely. You know, and, and probably literally less than him in the sense of I probably will not build hotels and things like that, but I think that I'll... Build your I, network. Ideally, ideally, the positivity that I bring to social media and stuff like that as my platform continues to grow, like, I don't look at it as I have 600,000 followers, but I could lose relevance at any day. I look at it as I have 600,000 followers and 80 years left to keep growing that following. Yeah. You know what I mean? It and so sense. ideally... I can put like a positive light. Like everyone knows Drake's from Toronto, right? Yeah. So yeah. why won't everyone know that like, I'm from Vegas and Brock's from Vegas and yeah. like, the company started here? Like that's the kind of cool stuff that I really want to like be able to do. Yeah. You know, but Drake didn't build any hotels or, no. you know what I mean? No. So but he, he drives a lot of traffic. He, drove, he drives a lot of positive traffic in, yeah. in his own way, which I think is the coolest thing. Like, I thought Drake's antics during the finals were sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that's so cool. That's cool. One of the questions we always ask everybody is, is for food because it's got so much here. But what's some of your top restaurants and favorite restaurants in here in Vegas? I'm a pretty simple guy. I'm going to okay. be honest with you. I'm okay. a man of habit when it comes to food. Okay. And Panda Express. <laughs> Shout out Panda Express. I'm just going to say it. Panda Express is <laughs> Keep it simple, man. In and out. Panda Express is I literally have it down. People know who I am. They say my name. Brock, how are you doing? That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, so That's I really can't say it. Much <laughs> um, I mean, in and out in and out yeah, okay. you West Coast it. West Coast uh, yeah. if, you, if you're in Summerlin there's a spot called Yoji Yoji Y-O-J-I-E actually if y'all want to go there after this for <laughs> real, but, that's the comedian's uh, it's in Town Square that is it's in a village square yeah that's, that's what's his Joe name Coy. yeah Joe Coy owns that restaurant the comedian yeah. oh really yeah. shout out to Joe Coy because yeah, he's a funny dude <laughs> uh, once we move back here we'll, we'll have a standing Wednesday night plan of going to Yoji that's I think actually, weirdly enough, like definitely like eating is a pastime. Like I, it's weird. Like it was so funny as we're walking in here. RJ said it to me. He was like, "You, you like forget to eat," and I'm like, "No, like that's like a hobby. Like that's literally like a side thing." Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, "Oh, you know what? I'm actually my stomach hurts because <laughs> you grind it. Grind yeah, you forget. I, like today, I've had a cinnamon roll." Like at eight thirty in the morning, since then I haven't gone. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. You know, it's so crazy about it is you don't get hungry. Yeah, because you forget. It's like literally, like I, I think that by the time we're older, there's gonna be a really weird study on it that almost puts a blemish on the name of being an entrepreneur in the sense that like it's literally like a drug. Mm-hmm. It's literally like he, can, he works twenty one yeah. hours a day. 
yeah. with nothing in his system besides <laughs> like yeah. whatever he eats and the motivation from doing your own thing like keeps it going. That is wild. Like that's literally like that's literally the effect that drugs have on people <laughs> is the lack of sleep and the ability to function. Like yeah. literally. Yeah. So without eating. Probably like three yogurts I think today so far. Well sometimes they <laughs> like say that the, yeah. and, and I do that a lot too as I didn't know if it was bad or good. Sometimes when you eat it actually slows you down. Yeah. Sometimes when you're going, that you feel oh, I get that food yeah. coma yeah. really bad. Yeah. If I eat it like yeah. 9 p.m. for the first time, I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's a wrap. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a wrap. So, man, so you talked a lot about growth and things like that. What would you say, just kind of closing out our last couple of questions, is personal growth for you guys? Where do you see B Win Sports in the next year, five years, 10 years? What's that vision? I think it's definitely it. So, I think the plan we're executing right now is an eight year plan. That eight year? Yeah, that, that makes yeah. us the that makes us the first ever full service agency that covers everything from their contracts, right? So having actual agents on board to really like actually understanding how to be a marketing representative. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people have a tough time hiring. So I do a lot of consulting. People have a tough time hiring me sometimes because of, like you're 19, you don't have a degree. And I was like, yeah, well I have results. Like that's the point. Yeah. It's like the people with a degree don't have one view on YouTube. I have a hundred million and you're hiring me to teach you about YouTube. I think I can, right? Like that's the difference. And so I think that the biggest thing for us is to continue to like actually show that we're different in the way that we understand marketing as an agency. The third part is financial planning. So we've already developed strategic partnerships with Merrill Lynch and what what was the other one we were doing? Well, JP Morgan, like a lot of them have reached out, but Merrill Stanley is one we're really, really working with. And and we don't make any money on that. It's highly illegal. But like essentially being like, okay, guys, like once we sign you when you're 21 years old, like you know that whole stat of how 88% of NFL players go broke within three years yeah, of retiring? Yeah. That's not going to happen to a single one of our players. We have two players that have retired so far. Neither of them are anywhere near being broke. I mean, they were very good players. They were Pac-Man Jones and D'Angelo Williams. So yeah. they probably will never go broke. But <laughs> nonetheless, Pac-Man was a beast, man. So yeah. yeah. But nonetheless, like we're going to have guys that are going to retire with a million and a half in the bank, and they're not going to go broke. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the point, and they're gonna live lives that really allow them to do a lot of things. So, financial planning is the third component, and the fourth component is I don't really know how to call it like a Rolodex essentially, like a database that we've created, mostly him, where we have literally now what, how many companies are on there? I'd say at least 6,000. 6,000 now? 6,000. So, there's 6,000 companies, and I'm talking name of the company, name of our contact there, how we contact them, what we did with them, like a really in depth database. Mm-hmm. And so if they say to me, we want to have a job in marketing, we're like, okay, here, pick out of this 2,500 company list and we'll reach out to them on your behalf. They work with you to promote, so I'm sure they'll love to hire you, right, once you retire. So essentially, like, from the time you're 21, you're set, Wow. right? That's the point. So that's kind of the eight-year plan, right? Let's say that takes 12 years. So what? So I'll be 31. In yeah. 12 years. You got right? a good start. 30, now. actually. Because <laughs> right, we've already, we're already eight months into it. You know, and we have, like, 30 people we work with as far as their marketing stuff. And we do more than just NFL. We just got into NBA, so we just signed uh, three guys that are going to be in summer league. We have Gary Payton II, uh, Reed Nabasahan, and Tyrell Corbin. And, uh, Gary Payton's son, huh? Yeah. Play for, oh, yeah. Yeah, he played for Oregon yeah, he's State. Yeah, yeah, he's a baller, man. Yeah. I mean, he's played for the Lakers already, so, mm-hmm. I mean, he should be called up. He was in the G League last year. Same with the other – or, well, actually, one of our guys was playing in Europe last year, mm-hmm. but he uh, actually already has his contract. And then Tyrell played for the Stockton Kings last year, but – should have no problem making the Sacramento Kings this year after spending a year in the system. And you know, and that's the thing, too, is really besides Pac-Man and D'Angelo, because they were really good friends of mine. Like when I said I got eight clients in the first couple of days, I was like, hey, <laughs> you guys want to do this? Right? And they were good enough friends of mine. They were happy to do it. But now it's really expanding into I don't think we have a client over the age of 26 right now. I'm going to say Antoine and Hayes are our two oldest, and they're 26 years old. Antoine's coming out contract year. Right, we have guys as young as we. I have. A, I would treat it's funny. We have a guy named MJ Mendelez who's been drafted and he's in the Kansas City Royals system. You know, in baseball, you got to play for a couple of years in the system before you actually get onto mm-hmm. the main team. He's literally younger than me. But you guys think I'm young? He's younger than me, and we're like, love to have him as a client for the next. He plays at least 35 years old. It's 17 years yeah. of not having to recruit another guy, and we're still real active about the new guys. We got Debo Samuel in this year's draft class, Miles Boykin, who are two receivers that got drafted. Uh, we did a little bit of work with Dwayne Haskins. I mean, so we're still actively working on it. And this year, it was kind of hard, right? We had a, we we had four rookies in this year's draft class. AJ Brown's the other one I didn't mention. And it was tough because it was like I started the company almost as college football season was over. I mean, now like 
joking, like we literally have like a really big TV in the living room to literally just like we're like, yep, every Saturday and Sunday, like the job is watching football. Yeah. Right? It's like not bad. We, we have to, <laughs> right? Because yeah. we got to make content when a player scores or gets a sack or whatever they do. We got to scout who we're going to sign because, in a weird way, that's like it's cool to kind of scout because you want someone who's going to be good. You know, mm-hmm. like Debo Samuel was projected to be a seventh round pick. I became friends with him through a mutual friend. And because he had a torn ACL his junior year, played his senior year, played pretty well, got his draft good up to the fifth round. Ran a really fast 40, a really good cone drill, really impressive bench press, had a great senior bowl, like all this other stuff. was 36 overall pick in the draft, right? So it's literally, I got lucky in the sense that I knew who he was. I'd been specifically watching him. He was a star receiver at South Carolina, which is not that great of a football school, and it works out, right? And so that's the thing is it's, and that's honestly probably going to be more of his thing is like understanding the details. You know, that's what, everything goes back to that. Right. It's if I didn't have that mutual friend, if I didn't actually watch South Carolina football games, which I did, and you know, continue that friendship, and he hit me up. He said, "Can I have some Wave Runners, which is a three hundred fifty dollars sneaker?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll have them in a week." I didn't charge him. I'm like, "But when I need you to sign with me, <laughs> yeah, and then what, back, yeah. This is the last thing I want to throw in there because I know we're probably way over. But this is one that I think that I want to say every time I go somewhere because it, this is the biggest thing that makes us different right now, which is the fact that when I say we're here to help. I'm not just some jerk that's like, we're here to help, Mm -hmm. dot, 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 our own pockets, right? When I say we're here to help these guys and we don't want them to go broke and that's really an important stat to our business, my contract's not exclusive. So every market agency is like, we can make you money, but you cannot make money with anybody else. Mm -hmm. As far as I care, they could sign with every marketing agency in existence. Their agent could get them endorsements. They could get themselves endorsements if they want to reach out like I did when I was on YouTube. But what we bring you... Yes, that's the stuff that we get a cut from. And besides that, we're literally here to help you make money, like help you achieve financial goals, like really just like add to everything you're doing, right? Because these players aren't trying to be influencers. They're trying to be athletes. They are athletes. And so our goal is, hey, Antoine, here's a deal for an extra $5,000. You have to do this and this and right, done. None of our guys are with other sports marketing companies, not because they're not smart enough to be or they can't, because those companies say you have to be exclusive with us and they're like well they're making us money and we get five boxes of free product every week we're not doing that yeah Yeah. okay so in a weird way it almost works out that they're exclusive with us because we do a really good job yeah but they don't have to be and that's the point is it's like I hated the amount of talent agents that would slide in my email all the time or DM and hey we'd love to help you make money like we'll only take 8% and you keep the rest but everything goes through us and blah 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 I'm like, it's so, are you trying to help or not? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. You know, one thing I wanted to point out, and we can probably end it on this, is I believe you because I was reading something about, I think it was last year, you sold your sneaker collection to help out two of the girls that were shopping mm-hmm. here. Yeah. So I believe you when you say you're really trying to help because when I read that, I said, damn, man, he's, he's really speaking, speaking the truth. So yeah. yeah. You helped out some, what was it, twins or something? That yeah. You know? So essentially what happened was I was actually driving, I actually had tickets through 91. I was, my girlfriend at the time was really in the country, so we had tickets to it. She oh, got you were supposed to be there at that? Yeah. She got into oh, SMU geez. and she had orientation that weekend, so she left and I don't care about country music, so I didn't go. And I went to L.A. to see my grandparents, came back as I'm driving, and that, it was like right when it happened. And I remember hearing about it, and one of my good buddies texted me and was like, hey, there's these two girls I go to Faith that got shot. And I'm like, oh, that's horrible. Like, they're twins, whatever. I don't remember how or where I saw their story, and I literally DM'd one of the twins. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, like, the morning after she had been shot, I DM'd them, and I was like, how can I help? And she, like, responded and was like, appreciate the wishes, like, didn't do anything. And I was like, how about if I sell my whole state collection and give you the money? And she, like, shows her mom. Like, I, so they told me this whole story. And it's on my channel. Yeah, yeah I saw it. Filmed it. Yeah, and, yeah. and she, like, didn't want to. She didn't respond to me. She saw it. Like, got, get the read receipt and didn't respond for, like, eight hours. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I was trying to help. Like, I, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And she's, like, she was, like, afraid that I was trying to hit on her. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it was. But, like, because we're the same age. And then finally she was, like, yeah, like, we'd love that. So I sold the whole collection. And I went over to their house. And they were, it was actually the same day they were going to go to their homecoming or probably homecoming I think is when it was it was one of their dances so they were getting makeup done and trying to go and they had the you know the bandages on and everything like that and they were like well, you can just put the money to the, the they, I don't want to I don't know if it was a GoFundMe something was set up as a 501c3 so you could write it off sure and I was like I'm not putting money in that GoFundMe that is like honestly if you can still look it up that mm-hmm. GoFundMe hasn't even been allocated yet you know oh, wow. I mean? like maybe now it has this was a couple yeah. months ago I read about that and I was like no that's fine and I literally handed them an envelope 
with a lot of money and cash in it. Literally, I went to the bank with Jordan cash. They didn't even write him a check. Like, no write-off from it, no nothing. Because at the time, you're caught up in, and not even caught up in, you are very aware. Like, they, the two twins went to faith, so they might have the stigma that they were, you know, really well off and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They only went to faith because their mom was a teacher there. Mm-hmm. So, like, they didn't have That's to faith pay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to pay or maybe it was a discount, whatever it was. I mean, they were kids, they were two daughters of a teacher. I mean, like, not crazy money and you know they were crying I gave it to them and it was really cool and to this day I've spoken to them one time I texted them two months later I was like everything good yeah like everything's great like thank you so much blah 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 I texted them like six months later everything good yeah so like literally besides like that like I haven't spoken to them in a year and a half like that's That's not it's not the point you know the point was they needed help at that moment we did it and I think that the same thing I tell him you know like money right like Think about 10 years from now, like, this stuff won't matter. It's like right now he spent a lot of money on getting golf lessons Mm because I was like, it's really important that we get good at golf because that's where a lot of business gets done, right? And right now, it's a lot of money to get, what, like 10 or 15 golf lessons, however you're getting. But he plays clubs and the whole thing. Like, we just bought a a little mini driving range for the backyard and the mat and the net and the, you know, everything and the fake (laughs) balls. And it's like, but... In 20 years, whatever you spent on that is completely irrelevant mm-hmm. because it will keep coming in and yeah. you'll have a skill and you'll keep doing it and you'll have an experience, right? Same thing when we went to Atlanta. We were gambling, we were, you know, having a good time and we stayed in a nice room and it's like, it was really expensive and it was the same month that I'm going through like a partial cross-country move and, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's like, who cares? Like, it'll, it'll get over it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not what matters. What's cool is I can tell a million stories for 10 hours in a row and have a million more to go as opposed to I have savings. Like, I mean, we obviously have yeah. savings. I have investments. I do stocks. I have real estate. Like, I do all that stuff. But I also live and I also enjoy, and that's why I want to be an entrepreneur. That's why I am an entrepreneur is because I decide, like, what I would, the biggest thing is freedom. So I literally talked to him, I'm like, I don't want to ever be, have someone say to me, you want to go to Paris? And I'm like, I um, can't afford it. I want to be yeah, like, you um, speak see if there's like, <laughs> yeah, and if there's not, like, yeah. you know, like one day the conversation will be like, oh, there's no flights, I guess I'm having to go private. Like, literally, like, you know, I don't care. The point mm-hmm. is, the experience is, you get to live once. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, why live once? And do nothing about it. You know? have a bunch of money in the bank. No, I mean it's, it's so important. To save. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, sure. I'm not saying don't save, but I'm saying like, why pinch every cent, especially mm-hmm. when you're doing something that that it is, you know, supporting the lifestyle. I'm not, you know, spending, you know, twenty thousand dollars a month making one. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing. They're going backwards, right? You're, you're not going, going backwards. backwards. You're yeah. still going forwards. Yeah, maybe your wallet goes forward a little bit slower, mm-hmm. but you have stories to tell. Yeah, you live it. You yeah, actually live it. Yeah. yeah, I heard a business guy say years ago is that he doesn't go on vacation; he lives. So yeah, he just lives and just goes. Time. And I was like, man, that's that's impressive. So, man, you guys are motivated, man. You guys Crazy. are excited, man. So I'm, I'm rooting for you guys, definitely. Man, to, yeah, to do uh, some it. big Makes me want to get a well. year plan in order. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely got to get you guys some of our clients as guests and stuff. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Sure. That'd be fantastic. Love, can't wait to hear their episodes and stuff. Yeah, too. we love it. Love to help us. Just so you know, that's what Vegas Circle is about. So our platform is for that. So it's to give people like yourself the voice to be able to talk about what they're doing, what they're about to do, who they're connecting with, and we've been very successful at that. And where can people find you guys at? Can you shout out like your obviously your website, your know, social medias and things? Sure. Website www.viewingsports.com. Okay. Uh, Instagram KBR Prince. And mine's uh, just underscore win. Okay. For now, hopefully, I'm getting verified in the next couple of weeks, and then I can change my username to just like at Blake or at Blake Win or something. Because mm-hmm. once you get verified, you can change your username. But sure. For now, just underscore win. Awesome. And also like, check us out on LinkedIn. You okay. know, that's been something we've been trying to push yeah. more. Okay. And we've noticed now if you guys are on LinkedIn or not. We, we are. Yeah, we have pretty good folks on there. So. I think LinkedIn is yeah. going to be... A lot of business is done, man. Right. Gary's actually been talking about that for a long right. time, too. Yeah, so. uh, yeah, yeah. I, I got on it. I have like 30 people in my circle. So if you're yeah. watching this, you want to be one of the first in the <laughs> circle, feel free. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's an awesome platform. I, you know, for me, it's like... The amount of attention that goes into actually growing something, it's got to be worth it. Sure. You know, like, it, yep. it didn't take one day to build mm-hmm. my Instagram and YouTube. It took three years. And so I'm like, if I'm going to start a platform, I'm really going to go for it. Go for you it. know, and so that's why I really was holding off on LinkedIn. I'm like, I don't know if essentially adults are going to support a social network. And, mm-hmm. yeah. But, I, you know, now it's I coming around. Right. Yeah, yeah. right is on the wall. I believe so, in it now. So. Yeah. Well, we're excited, man. We appreciate having you. It was yeah, fun to hang out with you guys, man. Let's see your story. So we'll have to have you guys come back on again once we see, see how it goes. So I mean, you can reach us at TheVegasCircle.com. We're on all the platforms. So Awesome. Awesome, guys. Oh, thanks. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Thank you.